Hey, New Life Church, Bronson Duke here. Thanks for listening in. The heart of our church is that you would know Jesus, that you would walk with Jesus, and you would learn how to live like he lived. We hope that this message equips you and empowers you on your journey walking with Jesus. Please stand up for the reading of God's word. We're in John chapter 15, starting at verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have, have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Said I have called you friends, for everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you, so that you may, might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. This is the word of the Lord. Peter God. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this morning. Right now, we just ask that you join us, that you be with us, that you speak to us this morning and teach us how we can be in relationship with one another because you are in relationship with us. We thank you. We ask that you be with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Y'all can have a seat. We're excited. Who is thankful for children's ministry this morning? Any of the parents? Yes. I love dropping them off for the first time. Oh, it's, it was good. But what a great week. <laughs> Who enjoyed the weather? Anybody enjoyed the weather? Me and Ramsey talk. Where's Ramsey at? He, he escaped the oh, snow on purpose. Yeah, what a guy. I love the <laughs> snow. Who loved the snow? Raise your hand if you love the snow. All right. There's my people. Let's go. Well, I loved it on Sunday and Monday. And then I was over it. On Tuesday, you were done with but it. But I have a video for you guys. Because staying cooped up with my husband, who's German, there's only one way to show you. So check this you, out. Servus. I am very glad that you did not um, decide to cancel our walk for today. But um, I must ask, why were you so late? You were late because of the schnee. Uh, did the schnee break into your house and turn off your alarm, Mr. Sleepyhead? Hey, you were slipping on the ice. Uh, you liked you had something in your coffee this morning. <laughs> okay, your front door was completely snowed in and covered in ice, but I'm not seeing the connection between this and why you were late. Uh, do you not own a snow shovel? A snow shovel? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, my favorite part of yesterday, mandatorily removing all of the snow from the sidewalk in front of my house as the city demands that I do. Nothing excites me more than following the rules, especially when it's very physically exhausting. I thought maybe we would go to this nice new cafe in uh, Regensburg. Yeah, we are in München. I thought we would walk. What's the problem? Yes. What's the problem, guys? I don't yeah. get it. So, obviously, you might can tell by my voice, I got a little sick. Uh, Marius likes to remind me it's not because of the weather. It's because of the lack of gear that I had. And so, um, yeah, so I got up at some point, and Marius and I, uh, he was like, well, you're not dressed like someone that's sick, meaning my T-shirt and sweatpants weren't suitable. And so then that proceeded to an argument, because the only thing I should have been eating and drinking was chicken noodle soup and tea. And so... Um, but I have to give it to my husband because typically when he gets sick, he wears his winter gear. He wears this scarf around his neck. He only sips tea. He only eats chicken noodle soup. He plays at least an hour of sport. Yes, sport. Sport. You heard it right. And I promise you he's better by the next day. So. Walks 
Oh, every day. Actually, I walked out into the living room and I saw Marius in our backyard just walking. And I said, what is he doing? And Riley goes, I think that's how dad prays. <laughs> hey, I go, you got to enjoy the weather, guys. It's, if it's snowing, I got to be outside. I think it is true. We, I think we were outside like five times a day just to enjoy the snow. I had to get sick, so I've had to stop going outside. <laughs> Well, guys, you know, if you're sick, one thing I want to recommend right now, wear some socks, okay? That's the basic level. Just wear some socks, get you back on track. Uh, but uh, anybody else grew up German? Probably not, right? But, but anybody else grew up with some experiences like that? Anybody of like some rituals and routines that you know? And we all have fruit from the way we, we were raised. We all have been a part of something from the way we grew up. Uh, we all know the sayings. Don't put food on your plate. You don't plan to. Eat. There you go. Good job. If you make a mess, you can clean it up. Don't throw the baby out with the. Den inneren Schweinehund überwinden. Right? Exactly. We all know what that means, right? Ian knows. He's nodding. He knows. No, but for real, how about you finish what you start, right? Now, what does the saying teach us? It's teaching, it's teaching us that we should not rely on our feelings, but on our principles and our commitments. So, whatever we start, we're going to finish. And principles and truth and commitments to those things are strong and stable. But feelings can flee away. They can be blown away by the wind and tomorrow because you don't feel like doing something. But the commitments and principles are true. Now, I was raised on a lot of principles. As you can, All this video is 100% true. All the stuff that we do, there's a lot of principles and rules and things I grew up with. But I'm very grateful for them because I've seen great fruit from those principles. Now, last week, we had Rebecca Schatzwell come in and remind us that the level, the standard of how we love one another has changed. It used to be based on our feelings of how we felt about ourselves. That's how we were supposed to love others. But she reminded us, and Jesus came and said, no, 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 from here on out, it's not about your feelings anymore. It's about the commitment, how I have loved you first, and that's how you have to love others now. And that's where we're at today. We're talking about the principle of relationships. And this is a discipline that will round up your life. You will, you will see you, there will always be a lack in, you, in your life if you don't have community. And today we want to talk about how can we help to be in good community together. Now Dietrich Bonhoeffer puts it this way in Life Together. Look at it on the screen. This is the first quote for today. It's Christianity means community through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. That means we are rooted together. We're going to be in community all together through Jesus Christ. That's right. So our thesis this morning is we are relationally created to live in committed covenant relationship with fellow Christians to become more like Jesus and through the love for another, reach out to those around us. So if you're taking notes this morning, our sermon title is Rooted in Love. And of course, we have a recommended resource for you from Bonhoeffer himself. I think that there's a slide. Life together. The book's called Life Together. Yeah, Maurice read it. Yeah, there's no picture, but you can imagine it. Just imagine it. It's, I'm it's getting like right it. on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I was obviously making fun of uh, picking on Maurice a little bit earlier, but when Maurice and I met, we were complete opposites. Um, he couldn't derail from the plan. I couldn't make a plan for like the life to save me. Um, he loves outdoors, going on nature walks. You would find me shopping and probably in a coffee shop somewhere. Um, but we did have in common is that we're united in Christ. We realized our differences don't actually have to break us. 
I've grown to love Sundays where we pull out our calendar, we sip coffee, we talk about our plans, and we put it on the calendar. And he's realized that if we make a plan and a few hiccups that come along the way can actually be fun. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> a lot of times the plan is really good, guys. I'm telling you. The plan's really good normally. Uh, this is actually funny. Last couple of weeks, our daughter has now started this thing where she calls for a family meeting. So whenever we're in the morning, we wake up, it's snow day, and we're like, what are we going to do all day? She would call a family meeting. Every morning, her agenda was, does Georgie come over, or do I go to Georgie's? Yeah. Let's have a family <laughs> meeting. Let's talk about this. Uh, but guys, what we found in great friendships is that great friendships will make you look in the mirror and drive you to growth, okay? So not just that we see where we're faulting, where we maybe have some areas to grow in, but also to change us to grow, to make a difference, not just say, well, I'm sorry, this is the way I am, but to make a change. And I actually have a friend growing up that we grew up together, and I still follow him on, on my social media, and his New Year's resolution for tw- this year was, and his, his advice that he gave out was to only consume content that makes you feel good, to only follow those that you can identify with, to those that make you feel good and make you feel seen. And if this is how you organize your social media feed, that's one thing. But if this, the, this is how you pick your friends, you'll have a problem because you will not change. That's, you can't pick your friends this way, guys. And if it's just you, and if you're the God of your life, why would you need to change? If you're the center of it all, you wouldn't have to change. Why would you need the transformational power of Jesus? And why would the old need to be gone and the new to replace the former? In friendships in Christ, it's an, inv- it's an invitation to the pruning and to encourage one another to stay on the vine. Two weeks ago, Pastor Bronson had a, a sermon that you can listen to on our YouTube if you missed that week. But it was all about if we're going to grow spiritually, we must stay connected to Jesus every day. And one point was we must be willing to be cut if we're going to learn from Jesus. And a lot of times this cutting happens in relationship and community with fellow believers. Now, the pruning to bear fruit is part of God's design, to restore us back to our creation, to our potential that we were given in our creation. But instead, and this is what I love about Jesus, instead of making us do this in front of everybody or all by ourselves, he actually designed it to, that this process would be done in community with safe people around that would help us sharpen us, that love us through it, and not just leave us out to dry. That's right. So let's jump into the scripture this morning in John 15, 10 through 13. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. What a challenging finish. Lay down your life for your friend. Honestly, I don't see us really having that type of relationship anymore. We really look at it. We've gotten more connected over the years, um, but we feel more alone than ever. Right, and it's actually more than a feeling because as we did some research for today, we uh, stumbled across this, this headline and this news article. You can put it on the screen. It was, this is the headline, News Surgeon General advisory raises alarm about the devastating impact of the epidemic of loneliness and isolation in the United States. And in in that article it says, more broadly, lacking social connection can increase the risk of premature death as much as smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day. Some of you guys smoke 14 cigarettes a day and don't have friends, okay? Let's get you some friends first and we'll work on the rest later. But this is an actual health problem that we're facing. And this is what it says. In addition, poor or insufficient social connection is associated with increased risk of disease, including a 29% increased risk of heart disease and a 32% increased risk of a stroke. 
And this is not like a, from, the, from COVID time. This is from last year. This is where we're in currently. So now practical. How, why is this happening? And how can we actively be part of bringing change to that? Because if we stop for a second and think of our friends or people that we know, not, let's not even call them friends. There's people that you all know that are doing life by themselves. That are in this health crisis and they have nobody that's a real friend to them. That's really there for them. And that's what we want to change. And I think the call for our church is to do that for one another in this room right here, but also for those around us. So today we want to give you five encouraging ways of how you and I and we collectively can be friends that are more and more like Jesus. We want to become more and more like Jesus when it, becomes, when it comes to our relationships as well. Listen, we know some of you are sitting here and you're thinking, hey, I've tried that. It didn't work for me. Some of you over the last couple of years have lost friends that you never thought you would lose them. We get it. Um, you have even friends now, maybe you are filled um, relationally with people, but if you're honest with yourself, they're not really pushing you towards the things of God. We know that building relationships can be scary and very, very vulnerable. Right, but, but to encourage you really quick, if you look at Jesus himself, he made close friends intentionally with somebody who he knew would betray him. He picked him himself. It wasn't like God said, hey, be friends with this guy. No, like Jesus went, I want you to be my circle. And guess what? This is, this is ridiculous. I don't know if y'all do that in y'all's friendships, but I don't do that. He gave him access to all his money. He was like, oh, I know you're going to be the bad apple. Let me get you access to all my stuff. <laughs> right? But that's how Jesus operates. He loves them anyways. He made friendships anyways because he knew it would get hurt. So if you've gotten hurt before, guess what? You're in great company. It's going to happen. It's part of the process. But Jesus even walked towards that hurt. But we also know we got to use wisdom, okay? <laughs> there's a, there's a two sides to this story. There's wisdom as well. And uh, Pastor Rick has a book that's called Be Real Because Fake is Exhausting. And in there it says, be authentic with everybody and transparent with a few. So we're not asking you to come out there after the service, go to every booth and spill your guts and spill all your darkest secrets to everybody, okay? That's not what we're saying. But what we're saying today could be the start of getting, trans getting authentic with everybody, getting in a group, and over time you might develop some relationships where you can get really honest about all your stuff over time using wisdom. Now, all right, here's going to be five points today if you're taking notes. We're going to power through this before we end the service because we want to leave you enough time to go out there and get connected. But these are five tips to live out your part of Christian fellowship. And you can take those with you, uh, add them to your tool belt as you may be going out to make new friends, maybe to your existing relationships. You can sharpen them up a little bit as well. And it's going to be five things that are going to apply to you tonight, today, this season, next year, wherever you go with them, just take them with you. They'll be a good resource to have. All right. You ready? If you're taking notes, point number one, prioritize your time. A study was done um, at the University of Kansas that said 50 hours of time together would move you from an acquaintance to a friend. And it would actually take you around 200 hours to go from a friend to one you would consider close. So do we actually go into our friendships with the right expectation? Do we go into our friendships knowing we'll have to prioritize them if we want them to grow to a level of depth? Jesus prioritized spending his time with his 12 disciples. He was teaching them. He was eating with them. He was committed to them. I've never really thought about it this way until putting this together, but he could have literally hung out with anyone at any time, but he chose those 12 to grow deep in relationship with. Um, Marius and I are often 
we will evaluate our calendar. In our family meetings? Yeah, we have to do this. Um, and something we often have to look at is who we're spending our time with. Uh, if we aren't careful, we can go months without prioritizing time with our friends. Um, we can get lost in our kids' schedules, our hobbies, sports, or just doing mindless things. But if we want deep, meaningful, covenant relationships, we have to prioritize our schedule around that. That's right. All right that was point number one. Point number two, be a good listener. And it sounds simple, but it actually is not that simple. We got to be good listeners. Now, last week, Rebecca reminded us that Jesus was asking a lot of questions. He's asking a lot of questions, and that leads to, if you want to be a good listener, start asking some really good questions. So if you go in and just ask more questions than what you're just telling your side of things, you'll actually become a better listener. Now, that's a kind of countercultural because we've done a really good job to make everything about us all the time. Everything is about us. Even our phones are about I. Huh? So stupid. Thank I told you. him to take that joke out. It was corny. <laughs> I was told it was corny, but yeah, but some Bronson Android, and some have that. <laughs> some Android users didn't get the joke. It's the iPhones. It's just, a, you know, the Android users didn't get it. All right. You got a good if, laugh if for If you me. didn't laugh, you had an Android because that was hilarious. No, but seriously, guys, everything's about us and I and me. And we have to start shifting and becoming more about others. And some of you might think, well, that's, that's nice and all, but Christians are really difficult. And you got a good point. Christians can be odd. They can be, can be hard to deal with sometimes. But this is what D.T. Bonhoeffer says about that, actually, which I thought was really interesting in Life Together. He says, just as our love for God begins with listening, listening to God's word, the beginning of love for other Christians is learning to listen to them. So we got to listen to them first. Everybody has a story. We all have things of how we are, the way we are, and why we are this way. But if you start to listen, you start to grow a love for them. God's love for us is shown by the fact that God not only gives us God's word, but also lends us God's ear. So just like God's speaking to us and he's listening to us, we need to be going out and listening to others and speaking encouraging words to them as well. Yeah, and then the third point is be patient. I saw this video of John Tyson that said, we have an addiction to the media and the spectacular. I can confess I love a good target run. I like ordering my groceries and that they're waiting on my doorstep when I get to the house. Um, I love Pinteresting how to cook a healthy meal in like 25 minutes that I forward to Marius because we all know he's the cook. And hello, the air fryer has changed our life. This is not an ad. Um, but if I run my everyday household like this and don't think that this is creeping into my mindset, who am I fooling? Um, first, I know when we go and hang out with people, it can feel super awkward. And then you think, well, I'm never going to text that girl again. I don't want to have another play date. I never thought I was going to get out of that. You know, um, I, when you go to an event, you finally work up the nerve and you walk in and then no one talks to you. We get it. We get that this, um, it, can, it can feel like it's taking forever and you're just showing up. But I promise you, as far as it depends on you, continue to text, continue to show up, and I promise you will find your people. That's right. That's good. That's a good point. Um, point four is be vulnerable. Uh, now, when we first got married, we, we told you guys before, I think we moved from New York City down here. We moved here. We had no friends. We got married and we basically started a new life. Now, I had friends. You had friends. I'm from here. She has, she has some friends, yeah. They were but, skeptical of you. Yeah, they, I was new to the group. Uh, 
Well, I had no friends, guys, from my perspective. Uh, He's the real saint. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, and even Jess's, Jess's old friends, you know, when you move away for a certain time for three years, things change and people move on. So there was a little bit of disconnect. So we really had a hard time finding a new friend group, a new people to connect with and belong to. And, but there's one guy that was really interested. He was maybe too interested to become my friend. Every time I'd see him, he would come up to me and say, hey, you want to wrestle? You want to wrestle? <laughs> So I was like, no, eh, not really. But over time, I, he wore me down, and I gave in. And ever since then, me and Bronson have been great friends. <laughs> it was great. And this is a true story. He would ask it. This, this is not exaggerating at all. But listen, we realized, if you make, we all know how this feels to make new friends. If you move to a new city or to college or wherever, you, whatever you've done in your life, making new friends, you're going to have to be vulnerable. You're going to have to allow some, some hurt to come in and to, to be bold and step out. But in high school and college, we have these built-in circles that really help us make friends. So if you're in extracurriculum groups or you work out together or whatever you might do, you just have friendships because of those circles. But when you get older, they become smaller and smaller and you spend more time at work or you have kids and just everything gets a little more smaller and, and, and harder to get around people. But in those times, if you really want a close community, you might have to put yourself in a vulnerable spot. You might have to step out and say, I'm going to sign up for this group today. Yeah. You might have to say, okay, I'm going to be the first to text. You know, sometimes we have a hard time texting first. Like, just shoot a text. It's not that hard. Like, say, hey, you want to grab coffee or something. Uh, you might have to ask them to hang out or opening up your home. Whatever that next step is for you, just know it's going to feel a little bit vulnerable, but it's part of the process. And that's honestly what I love about our men's prayer happening every Wednesday morning at 6. We're picking a big up this week. Let's go. Um, but basically, it's a bunch of dudes committing and slowly getting more and more vulnerable. Now listen, if you show for the first time, ease in. It's going to take time, patience, 200 hours. That's like 200 Wednesdays that we got to spend together first before we're close friends, okay? But it's going to be a process. But if you commit to it and say, hey, it's going to feel a little awkward. I'm going to stay vulnerable. I'm going to go anyways. I promise you, you'll see some results from that. Now, for me, listen, this is what I, I'm bad at this. I'm not good at being vulnerable. He's so bad. Really. The other day, we had somebody that we were clone closer and closer with. We had the 200 hours checked off, basically. And then at some point, he had the audacity to tell me he loved me. And my natural response was, what? <laughs> so I'm telling you, I have to work on this myself. <laughs> I need to be more vulnerable. This is for me as well. This is for all of us a challenge. But listen, sometimes getting deep means getting vulnerable. And you have to create space to allow friendships to get to the place where you are truly known. And when you get to that place, I promise you, you'll feel more seen and loved than you ever have before. And then the last point, point number five, remember that your gifts are for others. Oftentimes, we're focused on what others can do for me instead of what I can offer or bring to others. Christ has placed in you gifts um, that would serve others really well. You are a part. You have a huge part to play in building the kingdom. There's a group of people waiting to hear your story, who need your encouragement, who need um, to see what you've overcome, uh, that will continue to encourage them in their journey. This is why Marius and I are so open about our infertility struggle. We know that there's other people who may be struggling with the same thing that we can come alongside and link arms with to pray for, to stand in the gap for. Um, some of you attend here, and you have an amazing community. Um, you may not need a life group. You're probably relationally fulfilled outside of these church walls. But have you ever stopped to consider that maybe um, being in community here would allow you to grow in your purpose among others? 
that Christ has led me here to serve the people around me, that this could be a place that I know others and that they know me. Putting this together, it really had me stop and think, are you really rooted here if you're not rooted in the people? We don't want to be a church that you just walk in and out of every Sunday. We want you to come in and feel known. Uh, We want you to be sitting next to people and know their names to the left and to the right. Every Sunday, we read our giving liturgy, which states that we don't want any needy person among us. How do we do this if we're not in community with one another, if we don't really know the needs of one another? And when one of my children is sick and running fever, I draw them in. I put my hand on their head. I'm comfortable in doing this because I'm in relationship with them. When you're sick, when you're in need, when your spirit's weary, who is pulling you in close and saying, hey, come here. You're sick. Let me take care of you. But in turn, who is sick out there that you need to bring in and say, hey, come here. I'm going to help you get better. And you get rooted right here in this community. We're going to love you. We're going to lift up your arms. We're going to feed you. We're going to stand with you. We're going to pray for you. We're going to clothe you. But some of us are so scared to get into that type of relationship. I promise you, when Marius and I, I think I shared this story before. This isn't in the notes. But we got to see the hand of the church when we we lost one of our kids. We walked through a miscarriage. And people did not wait on us to call. They knew, and they started showing up with meals, knocking on our doors, praying for us, sending us texts. We couldn't help but be a part of this community because they were going to make sure we were. And so in the scripture, John 13, 35 says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. If you call this church your home, then let's commit to loving one another this way. Let people outside these walls know us, know that Christ lives in us because of how we take care of one another right here in this room. That's a good challenge. Wow. Yeah, just think on that for a second. What is your part on this? And we'll get to more reflection time in a second, but I just want to pause just a second of which of those roles supposed to be you? Do you need somebody right now to help you? Or is it, hey, is it time for you to get in the game and and bring that help to others. That's good. Well, this morning we covered off a few points and we're getting close to the end, but we talked about prioritizing your time to be a good listener, to be patient, be vulnerable, and remember that your gifts are for others. And obviously this is a lot, lot a big list, but just start with one. Use it as a tool, again, like a tool belt as you get used to at the next one too, but we encourage you to take those with you and see what happens around you if you apply that to your life. Now, we as a family, we've found that those principles and those things are true. And we've seen it as a family personally. Being a part of the church, we have seen as goodness. I'm telling you, we went years walking in and out of literally those doors and just saying hi to the few familiar faces we knew. I literally hated we would sit down, we would get comfortable, and then Marius would go, I'm going to go get a coffee. And I'm like, I'm going to have to sit here awkwardly or maybe have to say hi to someone. Like, please don't leave me. He's like, why are you like this? I'm like, why are you outgoing? Like, just sit down. <laughs> and literally, I remember having to make this conscious decision that I was gonna, this was going to be a place that I served. 
I was going to be more fixated on making someone else feel welcome than how awkward I was feeling inside. And over time, I don't feel awkward anymore because God has given me a heart for this place. I love this church. I love the people that are part of this church. I can't wait to say hi to someone and welcome them in because I have been transformed here in this place. That's awesome. Now let's look at the text one more time before we close. John 15, 14 to 17. You are my friends if you do what I command to love one another. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. We're all in this business together. We're in the father's business of making friends and sharing the love of Jesus to others. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. That's the challenge for today. And um, we're going to do some more reflecting real quick, and then I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to go into a response time. We'll do communion with Pastor Bronson in a second. But before we do that, I wanted to take a moment and ask you, who am I becoming? That's the question for yourself. Who am I becoming? We all know the saying, you're the sum total of your five closest friends or show me your friends, I'll show you your future. We know those things are true. We, it's sayings that are all over the place. So the question is who is surrounding you? But I also feel like this morning, specifically for you guys, the challenge is who are you, who are you helping to become more like Jesus? It's a little confusing, but like who are, in whose corner are you and you're helping that person become more and more like Jesus every day. And if that corner is empty right now, I want to challenge you to, to get in somebody's corner. Like get behind somebody and say, okay, this person, I'm going to help them become more and more like Jesus. I'm going to love each other. Like the, what the scripture said, love each other. I'm going to take that command and rock with it. So one more time before we pray, Life Group Launch, you'll see it in a second. We'll have details for you and it's going to be a lot of booth and fun but it's really just a tool to help you live out your call to be a friend and to have friends. And it's up to you to make that step. We can't do it. So as we think about who am I becoming, who's in my corner, whose corner am I in, and then maybe God's asking you to do some, make some changes. Maybe it's time to look at your five closest friends and say, hey, none of them will believe the, what the Lord is saying and help love, it, love Jesus. Maybe I should make some changes here. Because again, you'll be like who you're around. It's the truth. And we want to give you tools and it's so encouraging because again, what Jess was saying is so cool because you are needed. Maybe there's somebody in this room that needs you. You are valuable and you're part of this body. And if you're not part of this body, we're missing a piece. So I want to pray for you guys as we're thinking about, and again, think about who am I becoming what is God saying to you? And then again, what is God asking you to do about it? Because don't just leave here with a, oh man, I should get involved, but don't get involved. So let's take some time and I'm gonna pray us out and then we'll have communion in a second. Dear God, thank you so much for this time together. Right now I pray that you help us to see your design for our life. And we're so thankful that you've designed us in community with others, that we're designed to be around people, to help others, to walk together, and to become more and more like you every day. So God, I ask right now that you show us 
Give us a picture of us in 20 years, if nothing changes. Who am I becoming? And speak to us if you want us to make a change. Speak to us if you have something more for us. And right now, I pray for extra courage today as we go out in the lobby after this to have the courage to sign up to some things, to test out some things, but to also be committed and be patient. And we just trust that you will do mighty work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, Marius gave us some great things, and Jess, uh, some great things to consider. Um, I want to encourage you guys just to take a moment and to take a moment of reflection. We're going to do communion, but first I want to invite you just to reflect. And what we're going to do is we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit in. Uh, I was talking to somebody last week about the Holy Spirit within church. And as Americans, I was talking to a British guy, he was like, Americans have all these like uh, images that come to mind of people in white suits, slaying people, knocking them over when it comes to the Holy Spirit. But what the Holy Spirit does is the promise of Christ to lead us into truth. And listen to this, to enable us to live like he lived. So what that means is sometimes you're gonna have something that the Holy Spirit highlights as you're going through the word or you're in conversations where it's like, ooh, there's something there. Have you ever had that moment where like, you don't know what it is, but you're like, ooh, there's something God's highlighting. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And so what I wanna encourage you to do, there's cards in front of you. It says things I'm thankful for, things I'm praying for. I just wanna encourage each of you. Uh, there's no pressure, it's just an invitation to take a moment and just say, come Holy Spirit, search my heart, search me. Is there anything in these five things? that the Holy Spirit might be pulling on you to, to listen more, to be more patient, right? Come on, anybody ever go to a small group and you're like, I want it to be amazing the first time and you go for like a couple weeks, you're like, I'm not getting anything out of this and you deuce out, hey, listen, I've never gotten much out of anything that I wasn't committed to and faithful to, amen? And so maybe it's vulnerability. Uh, maybe it's, you know, being willing to do the different things that God's asking you to do. So I just want to take a moment. If you're comfortable, you can hold your hands out right in front of you. Come Holy Spirit. We open our hearts and our minds to you. We ask that you would speak. What steps we might take what areas we might yield to you more and more. I want to encourage you right now, if there's any areas, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, just that the Holy Spirit's tugging on you. And it's like, man, you, you haven't been willing to do this. Just confess it to the Lord. God, we bring you a confession. We see this as worship. We yield to your leading. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen.
Hey guys, thanks for listening in. I hope that this message blessed you and it helps you in your journey with Jesus. If it did, leave a comment, leave a review. Things like that help us spread the message of Jesus. Uh, If you want to connect with us, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at at NLC Downtown Little Rock to follow along with the life of our church.